Good afternoon. This is Lou Weiss, uh, co-host uh, co for Manufacturing Talk Radio. And I'm down in Philadelphia today, and we're at the National Association of Manufacturing event where they're talking about uh, Manufacturing 2016. And I'm here with uh, Jay Timmons, who's President and CEO of the Association. Welcome aboard. Thanks. Good to be here, Lou. Very good. Uh, I did hear your speech this morning. Uh, it was uh, not short, but sweet. And it seems as though that you have your job cut out for you in regards to uh, Washington and the problems that exist uh, for the manufacturers. Would you like to give us a little insight about that? Yeah, I think manufacturers overall have our jobs cut out for us in trying to ensure that Washington is doing the right things to allow manufacturers to compete and succeed in a, in a global economy. You know, we, uh, uh, we're, we're on this tour, this 2016 State of Manufacturing Tour. We'll be in seven states, and, and we were here in Philadelphia today uh, talking about uh, the need for a comprehensive plan to uh, ensure manufacturing success. And we put out a document called Competing to Win, and that's our agenda for economic growth and American exceptionalism. And it's a blueprint, really, for policymakers from president down to county commissioners to follow to improve manufacturing in America. I did read a lot of the information that you had. I, I was, uh, had a copy of your speech this morning, and I read the brochures that you had. Uh, it, it seems like it's a huge chunk of uh, activities to get our what I would refer to as dysfunctional uh, D.C. to yeah. do the job. Uh, do you have allies in uh, the government today? I think manufacturers do have allies. Um, they, honestly, they need to speak up. Uh, they need to speak up, make their voices heard. They need to push their leadership in the House and the Senate. Um, but, you know, it really starts at the top, Lou. It really starts with a president who is going to outline an agenda for economic growth. Um, and we, we don't have that in this administration. And, and frankly, we really haven't had a president who's talked about a robust manufacturing agenda since Ronald Reagan, really. Um, so we're encouraging, you know, we're encouraging all the candidates, both Republican and Democrat, who are running for president, to, to want to be that manufacturing president. And if they want to be that manufacturing president, the agenda that is outlined with those 11 very specific policy objectives uh, is exactly how he or she can do that. I think I mentioned to you uh, pre-show that uh, I uh, listened to all but one of the debates, and the primary reason why I did that was not to punish myself, <laughs> but to uh, get a little insight into whether or not they got it regarding manufacturing. And clearly there were no discussions at all about manufacturing, That's right. and they only mentioned the word six times. Uh, to me, this doesn't sound like a new group coming in or possibly coming in that really has the, uh, uh, the wherewithal to side with 20% of, uh, of the economy. Yeah, so they need to uh, clearly get a better focus. And, and that 20% of the economy is, as you just indicated, really um, um, ensures that the other 80% can, can exist. Absolutely. I mean, manufacturing is the lifeblood of of any successful economy for every dollar that's invested in manufacturing. It results in a dollar forty of spin-off economic activity and more and more jobs created outside the sector. So 
candidates and public officials who, who, who understand economics, they understand that manufacturing is key to our success. The current president understands that, and he speaks about it. His policies just don't, just don't match his rhetoric. And he doesn't reach out. I think today was the first time that he had lunch with the uh, with the speaker. The speaker, he did, um, and uh, let's hope that that's a sign for the next few months of his presidency that that Republicans and Democrats can work together to solve our problems. We saw some we saw some glimmer of hope last December when Congress finally broke through on several right. important uh, issues from. Uh, from making the research and development tax credit permanent, yes. which is something we've been sure. working on for 35 years, to uh, authorizing a, um, uh, a fully funded uh, infrastructure bill, and that's been 10 years in the making. So, right. so you see that things can happen. There's some green shoots of progress when it comes to Congress, but it's, it's a heavy lift. I think the part of the problem is that they're so worried about the next election that they're afraid that things that they do may... Uh, be negative to some groups and positive to others. Well, and that's exactly why this agenda is so important. We hope that every member of Congress, every member of the United States Senate, uh, we hope that they are worrying about the next election. And we hope that they understand that everybody wants to see their economy grow and they want to see jobs created. And they want to see good-paying jobs that will help sustain us not only as a nation uh, here at home and, and, and ensure our economic vitality, but also to it helps us a strong economic foundation helps us propel those American values of free enterprise and competitiveness and individual liberty and equal opportunity um, around the world and, and it helps us export American exceptionalism and that's what's made us you know, strong manufacturing has made us great as a country it's allowed us to Correct. push those principles and those values out and this agenda will help uh, help us do that exactly that in the future. The, the agenda that you put together, uh, are you putting this agenda out to the manufacturers themselves? Absolutely. And what are you recommending that they do aside from pick up a phone and make a call? Is there any kind of groundswell that's sure. going well, to happen? Sure. Well, you know, look, every everybody has family members. Everybody has people they work with in their communities. They know their kids' teachers. They have dentists. They have doctors. They. Right. That they need to be true manufacturing voters, and and even if they're not in manufacturing, they need to understand the importance of manufacturing to become a manufacturing voter themselves. Um, what we want folks to do is we want them to become very familiar with uh, with the policy priorities, and we want them to hold elected officials and candidates accountable. <coughs> do you think that? Uh What's been going on with the in the Republican Party kind of <coughs> takes away from uh, what it is that you're talking about in terms of uh, a groundswell event. Well, look, I think one of the most important things when when you're running for office is is to uh, unite the people that you seek to represent and to try to inspire them. And I, I can't see a lot of inspiration coming out of either political party <coughs> right now. Uh, yeah, any of the candidates running for president. And really, I think that's what needs to happen. They need to have a unifying message. That's what our platform does. Not to, not to get <coughs> political, because we try not to do that uh, on our program, but it's hard in this particular year because manufacturing is such a central uh, point that the politicians just aren't getting. Uh, so my question to you is, uh, the groundswell seems to be 
uh, Mr. Trump, who is attracting, <coughs> who's attracting uh, perhaps the wrong people to be promoting manufacturing. Well, look, you know, I, I think, I, for for good or or not, um, Donald Trump and a few of the other candidates have really tapped into um, tapped into a frustration in this country, Absolutely. and the frustration is. Uh, a, what I think is a very clear understanding <coughs> by the American people that their elected officials aren't focusing on the right things, that they're getting sidetracked by, um, uh, by issues that, that are not, well, first of all, they're fighting just to fight. Um, they're, they are trying to box their, their political opponents um, into a corner and um, they're not really not focusing on the things that will really help us grow economically as a nation and secure our mantle of economic leadership around the world for the future. I, th I think folks are frustrated with that. I think they're frustrated with the inaction. And, and both political parties seem to be um, frightened, if you will, about, about taking a hard stand on a certain issue and, and making some tough choices. Um, so, they, so they dodge and they, and they weave and they avoid accountability yeah. and votes when I think the American people want solutions. Are they going to agree with every single thing that their member of Congress, the United States Senate, Senator exercises? No, they're not. Now, having said that, um, there, there are a committed group of folks on, on the fringe in both the Republican and the Democratic parties, right and left, who are most active in the nomination process. Mm -hmm. And manufacturers and, and their supporters need to understand that the primaries and the caucuses, frankly, are just as important as the general election, especially when it comes to congressional elections. Congressional districts are so tightly gerrymandered these days mm -hmm. and drawn by the legislatures that that one party uh, is going to control a congressional seat for 10 years. So, so some of the, the fringe and the extreme elements have figured out, hey, let's, let's get involved in the primaries and we can ensure that, that our that our candidate that's got the most extreme positions is going to be there for 10 right, years. Right. You can make a difference in a primary. We, we also see uh, this year probably more than uh, perhaps in previous uh, election cycles that the media has, you know, just jumped on this like it's a wild pig. Uh, they just are enjoying the, uh, the thrill of uh, uh, high listenership, uh, high revenues in, in uh, advertising and uh, getting themselves caught in the middle of some of the battles, uh, i.e. Fox and, uh, you know, Megyn Kelly, for example, uh, which is definitely not helping uh, our country. Since this whole cycle started about three weeks ago, um, I, don't, I don't know, are we having, still having a war in ISIS, with ISIS? You don't hear anything about it anymore. Right. Well, you know, there's a lot of hyperventilating when it comes to uh, when it comes to the caucuses in Iowa or the primary in New Hampshire. Not that I'm sure that you know that, that the people of those states have great pride right. in being the first in the nation, and, and I understand that. Um, but it is a little odd when you look at the results of the caucuses, and there was so much hype, and you have the the delegate count, the delegate apportionment is is one or two, you know, one or two delegates separating the first, second, and third candidates on the right, Republican right, side, right. and 
400 to 395 on the Democratic side, and then you have people declaring victory, and I, I, I just find the whole thing fascinating. It's proportional. It's a proportional take of those delegates, so it's not a winner-take-all system. If it was, I, I might be able to understand the, the excitement surrounding them, but um, it just, uh, the, well, it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. By the way, while we were uh, taking the tour through the Philadelphia distillery, uh, I got a uh, blast from my cell phone that Hillary was declared the winner uh, last night of the Democratic yeah. uh, caucus. Well, I think, you know, from a perception standpoint, I'm sure she was, you know, the fact that, that she came out on top, even if it's by a few delegate votes, you know that was a tough that was a tough battle for her. So Absolutely. I'm sure that is going to help propel her Absolutely. into the future stage. Probably not New Hampshire because Bernie Sanders is a neighbor. Right. Uh, but but I would think that South Carolina would be good to her. Probably so. Jay, thank you very much. I know you've taken uh, time out to sit here with me, and uh, I appreciate. Well, and it was fun uh, touring the distillery with you. Liz. Well, thank you. An, an interesting uh, an interesting um, um, view of of modern manufacturing craft. Uh, Craft uh, Distillery, and and you know, right. I'm happy to say that the National Association of Manufacturers represents everybody from craft distilleries all the way to Boeing and everything in between. I think there's 700 distilleries in this country today. Yeah. Well, we don't represent them all, but yeah. I'm working on it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get the word out for you. Great, thanks Thank so much. Thank you very much. And by the way, today is the first time that we're doing a new segment for Manufacturing Talk Radio, and we're calling it Manufacturing Moments. And you are number one. Well, great. Thank you so, so much. Thank you nice very much. Nice to be much. here. Thank you. Thanks, Luke. Bye-bye. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.